Welcome to episode number 14 of the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. I'm Clay Lowe. And I'm Sarah Hunt. And what are we talking about today? Well, before we get into that, how are you doing? I'm great. I just got an amazing cover uh, for my... Wow, it does look pretty sweet. It does. It's Beautiful, beautiful and, cover. And the novella is the... It's called The Oracle's Tale, so right. it's um, kind of a spin-off of my novel, The Bitman, Okay. So, with, with just one of the characters. When is it going to be available? This coming week, hopefully. This coming week, If I can right, get my tech right and format this book correctly. Oh, I like it. Will it be out yeah. before the podcast comes out? On Monday. No, I hope so. No, yeah. hope so. No, that's it. I'm laying do it, it down. Do it. That's right. Monday. This catalog. goes out on Monday. Yeah. And we're gonna send it's you guys. It's free as well. It's, it's gonna free. be free. Yep. Where are they going? Uh, SarahBHunt.com. Right. To pick up your copy Straight of the, the page, Oracle's yeah. Tales. All right. So now you oh. got to do it. Yeah. It's awesome. gospel. Monday. Yeah. When, when I release this on Monday, if people go to your website and it's not there. It's not good. Okay. So, um. I'm a big collector of books. My house is full of, full of, full of books. And sometimes a book will sit on the shelf for years. I mean, there's some books that I haven't even read yet. But they always seem to jump out at me at the time that I need it. I'm a big believer in this whole kind of stories and books circulating and then calling to you. So for me, they like call to me from the shelf. Yeah. But then I don't necessarily read them. I just know that I need to have them. Okay. And then at some other point, it's like that book for you. Yeah. It was calling me and it just fell out because it wasn't like it's on my main bookshelf. I was somewhere else. But I got books literally everywhere. Um, and this one just sort of fell out. It's called That What You Are Seeking Is Causing You to Seek. And it's by a lady named Sherry Huber who wrote The, the Key. Uh, and I picked this up when I was in Philadelphia. And it's been, well, I've read it several times and it's been probably packed away for years now or hiding for years and, and then it just sort of fell out now you have some insight well I you know I was saying I, I it's very obvious to me why this book is falling out to you because that which you are seeking is causing you to seek I feel like this is your big question because you seem to really love the seeking and the journey and really embrace that and yet I have a feeling you're kind of troubled by the do I actually need to be on a journey? Is there any actual journey to be on? Or do I need to let it all go and just kind of be? Just kind of be. Yeah. Well, you know, very insightful. <laughs> but, and before the end of the podcast, you're going to have to tell me which, which one I need to do. Okay. I'm, I'm warning you now. I'm going to give you a preview of what I'm going to say, which is a really annoying Buddhist tendency, <laughs> which is to say, it is neither and yet it is both. Okay, I won't. I'll, <laughs> that's not going to work for me. You're going to have to go. You're going to have to go Western style on me and say this one. Oh. And actually, actually, you know what? I'll tell you what. By the time we get to the end of this, either you come up with a decision, or we're going to flip a coin, and I'll go with what the coin says. Okay. I'll leave it up to fate or chance. Okay. Um, I guess I'll ask. I'll start by asking what what have you observed in me that gives you that fear. Well, you're a seeker. The questions, even the questions that we've kind of so far addressed in this podcast, is a lot about about the seeking and about the journey and what are we seeking. And for me, underlying that is a quality of dissatisfaction with how things are and a promise that there is something more or something better or something more chillaxing or nothing (laughs) nothing. (laughs) 
But you know what it is? Here's the thing. Is, um, I like seeking for seeking sake. Like sometimes I don't... So for, like here, it says that what you're seeking is causing to seek. As if I'm looking for something. But I don't know that I'm looking for You something. like asking the questions. I like asking the questions. I like the freedom to explore. Even if I'm going to do nothing with it. But I feel like, so my actual struggle is that i got to be pulled back into the real world, in quotation marks, or to do that, what normal humans do. Or that you've got to, that, that, that the questions are going to draw you further down that particular path. I like that, though. actually force you to act and do something with the questions rather than just stay in that place where you're, you But know, here's the thing about exploring. that. Because we, we mentioned about just being, when I am in my best space is when I'm just seeking for just because, and as in that is my doing. I think we mentioned maybe even our last podcast, so I said if I was a part of a tribe yeah, back in the days, I would be yeah. the pathfinder. Yeah. I'd be the dude, go find some stuff, come back, get bored, we're hanging out with the tribe, and go back out. Um, I guess what I would want to know is, is there, and maybe you have some insight on this, is there something that is actually causing me to seek? And maybe what you were just saying, and maybe well, see, in all I, my seeking, I, mean, I don't I have to do. I haven't read this book, but I mean, just opening it up, I love the way that it starts because the intro says, if we didn't already know the experience of what we were looking for, we would never look. It would simply not occur to us. All right, so there's an experience so I'm seeking? I, this, this obviously feeds into my own personal experience that we've all had moments of transcendence moments where you know everything fell away all was right with the world even though all the little problems in our lives were still there for a brief period of time whether it was like looking out at the sunset or going on a walk or so often it tends mm. to be these kind of times Although it can be just driving your car somewhere or whatever. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, so I think that we all know deep down that feeling. Even if we don't totally acknowledge it and even if we don't understand or believe that we can actively cultivate that experience to bring it back hmm. of our own volition rather than it just happening upon us so, so yeah. to, to have that, that transcendent that, moment and be able to bring it back you've talked about this when you go out into the mountains and yeah. stuff and you're camping and that feeling of it's an indescribable feeling you know no I, I yeah no I agree with that um, and I'm just wondering do I seek to find that feeling and my seeking is kind of not like that's an aspect of seeking for me that yeah. transcendent feeling and I felt that and I've been there it's almost like got the t-shirt been there got the t-shirt been there done that got the t-shirt and now I want to go seek something else so I've had that feeling when I did that Camino in Spain and walked you know the El Camino um, and I had that I don't know if I shared this story with you because I was doing all this seeking, <laughs> and but I thought it was about going into the mountains and doing all of that kind of stuff, and and then anything that kept me from going to the mountains, I was just ah, oh, and I always want to go to the mountains, 
Um, but then when I did the Camino, I was, you know, after several days into it, because if people aren't familiar with that, it's, uh, it's, one, it's an old pilgrim route. It's 500 miles in total. goes through northern Spain, basically, the Pyrenees and the like. Um, and it was just an old pilgrim's route. But every, you can go there and walk it any time. And you have all these little refugios, the, the um, monasteries that you can stay in. It's quite cheap. You have your little pilgrim's gear on and, and a passport, and um, you can stay at the monasteries. Um, but several days into this walk, things, the rest of the real world starts, or the ordinary world starts to go away. And then you kind of, you know, I kind of got into the walk. And then it was somewhere along the Camino, I had this insight. It's like, actually, everything that I need is inside of me. I don't need to, f to find it externally. And it was kind of like one of those light bulb moments that if I want to climb a mountain, then just climb a mountain just because there's nothing on there for me to find. And it's not, it's not the meaning of my life. Uh, and when I had that, it changed my relationship to going out in mountain go out the mountain and to the point where I could just go and enjoy being on the mountain not looking for something on the mountain now I say all that to say it's kind of like I've done that but it's now I guess I'm asking like questions yeah I want something there. else yeah. yeah what's the next thing so that's cool done that jumped yeah. out of airplanes done that done this done that this is the it's a great example to say at this point because that basically sums up the conundrum between there's the journey and then, but we are already there. And I think that Buddhist thought often dismisses the journey as a misunderstanding. So exactly as you said, what they would say is, you don't need to go on the journey. You are already there. You have everything inside of you already. But for me, I think that just as, I mean, you had to go on that Camino and go through those experiences to get to that point of realization. Yeah. And so for me, there's something that I really embrace about the, the idea of the journey as something that's also necessary. So yes, we are already there technically, but we're not because we're full of dissatisfaction, we're full of misunderstanding, we don't have the wisdom that we seek. And, you know, I think even the Buddha had to go on a journey. He had to leave the palace. Yeah. Well, I mean, even before, he had to be the prince that saw the, you know, old person and the, you know, sick person and the dead person to have a kind of realization that he needed more. Then he needed to leave the palace. He needed to train with all of these different wise men. He walked around for years learning meditation practice before he made his realization. So it's like, yes, the realization is you have everything already. But I, I do believe that you need to go through things. I think that too. And I believe that as well. You've got to... So I can tell you the answer but it's not the same as experiencing the answer and I think every person has to experience it for themselves so um, in terms of the whole sort of spiritual journey you, you know, going back to the monomyth and uh, Joseph Campbell's hero's journey there's a point in that journey where the hero has to go alone he's got the mentor he's got you know tools and things from the gods but there's a point where the hero has to go to the belly belly of the whale the, the inner cave uh, where he's got to be totally alone with himself and with no other helpers around. And we just gotta go 
yeah. that cave he's and face Darth Vader. Yeah. He's got to go face only what he brought, brought into the cave with him. Um, and you have to do that. No one can do that for you. You can get teachers and they can share wisdom with you, but only when you have that realization for yourself would it mean anything to you. I think that... Well, I think that we're basically on a journey by very virtue of the fact that we're alive and every day we wake up and we walk and we have to do things and that is our journey. So the concept that we can just let journeying and seeking just go all together for me is a bit of a false concept because we still, we are on our own individual journeys whether we like it or not in a way. Um, but I think that the difference is maybe in a misunderstanding of what we're journeying for and what we're seeking. Does anybody know the answer to that question, though? Well... Because there's two things in my head, as you were saying, is why do we have to be on the journey to get to where, or... Well, I think that's the thing, is like, when I was thinking about this, we're on a journey, but it's not going anywhere else other than inside. Yeah, T.S. Eliot has a great line for that, doesn't he? That you do all this journey and just to return back to... My, thing, my yeah. thing, though, is that you have to go on the journey. Like, the hero has to go on the journey before he returns a wiser person. And it, unlike the hero's journey, I suppose, is the big difference, is that we don't need to journey outside of our lives. So often, I think, we think we have to go on some big... We have to walk the El Camino, for mm. instance, or we have to, you know, travel and go on all these amazing experiences or retreats or whatever to get that thing and actually that's the falsehood yeah no, we, I agree you know, yeah. That, that we it's can the image journey is the greatest exactly journey things, isn't it yeah we can use the things that are in our life happening every day yeah. to train ourselves in mind training or you know whatever so um yeah because some people do it through meditation don't they? so meditation is a way to go it sometimes it's through like going on, a, going on a physical journey just acts as a metaphor for your inner journey um, in a sense, um, but yeah, they say the greatest journey is the inner journey that you take eventually. And I think that you don't have to actually go anywhere physically mm. to do that, and that's the difference. Yeah, you can sit. I, I do also. Very zen. Yeah. Just sit. Well, but I think the other thing about the journey and the hero's journey that resonates true for me is that we can't walk away from is the reality of change that we are on a journey in which we are changing by our experiences. We can't get away from that. You know, any, we can say, oh, you know, we'll just be in the present moment, which is amazing, and if you can do that all the time, then maybe you don't need to be listening to this podcast. <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, it, you know, it's... Uh, but I don't know. we, we got to be on a journey because of why? Because uh, of the fact that you were born and then you forced to go on a journey? What if I don't want to go on a journey? I think there are a lot of people that don't want to. I think that I, what I'm saying is at a fundamental level, I suppose we're all on the journey of our lives. So but whatever... A journey, a journey has a connotation that we got. there's a destination. So I'm going on the journey, i got to get to an end. What is the end? Death? Or, yeah. or enlightenment, or what is the end? So we're all on the journey, whether we like it or not, if you want to go life to death. So we're on that journey. Yeah, we're on that journey. And do you need to learn anything, know anything, perceive anything? 
or can you just live and die? That, I don't think that the end point defines the entirety of the journey, though. You know, I think that the journey is the journey. But, you know, the living every day is the journey. And we, we are going to have experiences in our lives, and they are going to change us. And we, there's nothing we can do about that. That's like a reality, I believe. Yeah, that's just normal. That, that is just normal. Yeah. If we want to actually, if we want something more, like we're going on a seeking journey to find something more, I feel like, again, there's, it's true that we have everything that we need, but I think that's a wisdom statement that you can say very easily. Like, that can just fall out off my lips, like, easy. Yeah. But realizing it, understanding what that means, embodying that in your lived experience is a very, very different thing. And I do believe that we need, in order to move from a place of kind of discontent or dissatisfaction with even some things in our lives to a place of understanding and more wisdom or contentment or whatever, we need to change something about our mentality and the way we we think or the way that we perceive things or the way that we value things needs to change. And that is also a journey. You know, you can't just snap your fingers necessarily. You have to want to do that. You have to want to change in that way. See, for me, it feels like I have a lot of forces that aren't left. And this is probably why it grates with me because freedom is a big thing for me. And some of this feels like it's a forced thing upon me. Like, I want to seek just for seeking's sake. And see what's out there. I found it. That's good. Now go to the next thing. But then my contention or the thing that pulls me back is, all right, well, i got to participate in the real world as well. I can't be chasing the fairies all the time. And so my, this, I guess, is a duality is, you know, can I spend my whole time seeking and maybe I would get bored with it, I don't know. But then I've got to have one foot in hanging out with you humans. See, I think I'm an alien. That's what I really think. And I say this to my family all the time because I just feel like I don't fit in with the human race. <laughs> but I have to pretend to be human. Maybe you are. Maybe you are I feel an like it. I feel like, you know, there's like, you know, in order to feel normal, i got to fit in and kind of, like in the Matrix, I just have to pretend I'm a part of the Matrix so that... Everybody else around me doesn't get too doesn't uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> We're in actuality. I don't, you know, I'm so far away from that sort of space. Um, in fact, I've, I've stopped. So I've tried to share that kind of stuff with people before and kind of be in that space, but it just weirds everybody out. So now I, I do just pretend to be human <laughs> because it's just not, it's not worth the effort to, um, to try and convince people otherwise. So, so there is a duality in me. There's the clay who has some other thing going on. <laughs> and there's the one that I say, well, here you go. Here's how I can fit in with the rest of you cats. So where's your journey then? Where's my journey now? In terms of bringing those two aspects together into one human clay. Well, I tried that. That's what I was trying to do. I was trying to say, well, can I do something that brings those two things together so I could be doing my real thing and in the same time doing the pretend thing so that no one could tell the difference <laughs> and only I would know but I haven't found a way that I can 
blend those two together. So maybe that's the thing that's causing me to seek. Maybe I'm trying to find that thing that allows me to have my pretend fitting in with the human's lives and then the real clay life. See, now I'm going yeah. off the rails here. Huh? No, 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 I like it, I like it, yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's the thing that's got me seeking. How do I, how do I marry those two individuals are you asking me? Yes, I'm asking. <laughs> I'm asking. Are you, are you expecting me to know the answer? Yes, ma'am, I am. No, I don't. <laughs> I need an answer. Because I've been... Keep spinning, seeking. Keep seeking. Well, that's it. That's what's causing me to seek. I haven't found the answer to that thing yet. My only other, only other answer that I could think of would be to completely drop out of society. See, and become a hermit or a monk in the We've got cave. all these different layers to us, right? You've got, you know, the surface layers of all the roles that you play that you know aren't actually who you are, hmm. you know. Then you have a layer of things that are part of your personality that you identify with as who you are, like part of who you are anyway. So this is how I really am. But it's still a level of personality. Hmm. And then, for me, there's a deeper layer that is about being human. That involves, you know, our instinctual needs and desires. And then there's something deeper than that that's a core consciousness. And I think that... It depends, I suppose, on what layer you're talking about and, and functioning at, because you can journey at all these different layers in yeah. a way, you know? So. And I've had time journeying on all these different levels. <laughs> so I think that it might be that you feel, well, tell me if this is right, mm -hmm. that you feel an alien when you're talking about the journeying in the layers of your personality and your roles and, and these kind of upper levels, which is really where we're interacting with others. This, the, the kind of consciousness level, if you can get down that deep, there's no interaction anymore because you are just, you know, one with the force. <laughs> I'm one. You know, I mean, just like the picture that, you know, you took in that book and sent to me of the page of, you know, what are we and yeah. whatever. So, yeah. What do you think? Is that, is that? Um, a oneness. Can I go to that? Is that what you're asking me? Can I get to that space of? No, I'm saying, when do you feel like you're an alien? At what level? Oh, at what of, level? Yeah. When I'm interacting with the human race, that's yeah, when I yeah. feel like an alien. When I have to do what everybody else is kind of doing to fit in um, with you cats. So in a way, all, I suppose all of these, we can think, if, if we separate them out as, as slightly different, then, you know, we can have a journey, a professional journey, you yeah. know, that's on the real, like, role level, or, you know, my journey as a mother, for instance that's a massive journey for me. Then you have all the journeying of, I don't know, in a way for me, this, this next level about the things that you really identify with are things that you really believe are yourself, you know? So I believe 
that, you know, I'm a writer or, you know, that, that I'm a seeker, that these, these things... See, I don't believe those anymore. I used to, but part of my part of my journeying bit has had to be separating out the who, you know, that that who that you can't yeah. define with identify identify like saying a writer like that's that's placing your identity on a that's right external. that's right. Yes. So if you have and the experience of those. going deeper, yeah. But you have to have that experience if you were saying I'm a Camino. You know, you have to have known that. Yes. It's like the Oracle at Delphi. And I have song. done. And, and that's yeah. the thing. So I've eradicated those. Because that was the thing that used to drive me nuts is I was identifying with these titles, which is why I, I really don't like titles because they kind of put you in some kind of box. See, it I helps other people to relate to you, but I can't stand them. See, I think that what you're talking about is the whole Shakespeare line, life is but a play and yeah. we all actors on the stage. Yeah. yeah. Yeah? And most people don't recognize that that's happening. Whereas if you do, if you see the play, if you, if you step back into the audience, you're not part of the play anymore, then you have a whole different perspective than 99.9% .9 of the other people but you're interacting with. that's how I with. feel my life is. And exactly. I have to just get in the play because everybody else is not aware that we're all in this big play. In order to interact with people, then I've got to pretend to be one of these actors as well. And sometimes I just really don't feel like doing that. Sometimes I just want to be whoever this, you know, just the me. The me that is me. But I, I think I've asked that question before. Who are, who are you between two thoughts? I don't know if I've asked you that question before, but it's that mm -hmm. entity. Yep. Um, that I know is, and I don't even know if it's the true identity, it is this sort of the state of being. Yeah. And I have a resistance to having to have a label that says I'm this or I'm that thing. Yeah. But I've come to recognize that people need that because otherwise they don't know how to relate to you um, without that. Um, and so I do do, but it does bug me in, on a number of different levels. Hmm. Because I, I know I'm having to be in a play. And I'm, I guess sometimes I'm just tired of being <laughs> acting in the play. I'm like, I don't want to be in this play anymore. I want to go I sit wanna, out in the audience I want to go do show. my own... No, I probably, probably, probably would do all right with my cave. Go into a cave and just be a, a monk. Yeah. Yeah, that might. Well, maybe your journey is about maybe. getting okay with with not being attached to the fact that sometimes you have to be in the play. Mm. No, I, I'm like. Or, or working out what it is that actually bothers you about it. Because it's know. because it's not real. No, I think that's I know, what yeah. that's what bothers me about it is that I know that it. But everyone else, it feels for them, it's real. And for me, it's like it's not real. But everyone runs around like it is real and I'm like oh this is just it just drives me nuts because it's like uh, all the I mean like you know today they've got the whole sort of um you're like an animal in the forest and you see chicken licking running by with the sky is falling with all the animals running behind you're just like I, I'm not running yes that's it no, I'm not running run. I don't want to run yeah I think that's what it is it's like I I have this feel of all this the illusion that all this is an illusion basically yeah. but yeah. for most people, it's real. Maybe you're and a Buddhist in your past life. Maybe. They've done lots of training already. <laughs> that, that would be the Buddhist perspective. They would say, you know, 
This didn't just happen to you in one lifetime. Okay, so then I'll ask you this then. So, so for, for a bit if of I've done that, what do I need to do now? What's my part of my journey now that I need to do? What about get it, get okay? Get okay with what? Oh, with being being a part of the illusion. No, with the fact that there is the illusion, and well, the the real Buddhist perspective would be mm. now you you're you've got to get on the Bodhisattva journey. So you've got to now commit your life and future lifetimes to freeing all other beings from the illusion. Oh no. Sorry. <laughs> so this is the Dalai Lama's... I quit trying to free people. I used to have this thing like free minds. Maybe I, that's what you're doing with your coaching. Well, that's why I don't even want to do that. Because right, that is my way of doing it. I think, but people don't want to be free. They want to stay in the they illusion. Want to, they want their they good do. stake in the matrix. They do. So I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of... I don't want to... If someone comes to me, they're like, yeah, I want to, then I'll help them on that journey. But I, I don't want to convince people that they that this is an illusion. No, because you can't. And they kind of go, kind of go on. So but, now, but now I don't even, even, before I used to want to unplug people. And I've unplugged a few people, but they probably, they should have stayed plugged. Now when people come to me and they want to unplug, I was like, nah, stay plugged up, man. You're, you're like, <laughs> trust me, this is, it's a blessing and a curse to be unplugged. So I sometimes find myself trying to talk people to, into staying plugged up because they'll be much happier than being unplugged. But I think the reason why people come to you is because they're not happy. They're plugged up and they're trying to enjoy the steak, but they've seen something else now. Forget that. I'm trying to wipe it under their mind. Right. Forget that. You forget it. Forget it. Just enjoy your steak. Don't. Trust me. Don't come on this side because you can't go back. Once you get unplugged, you can't go back in uh, that's my problem you want to know what my problem is that really is. Well, so it's I not that it's not that you feel like an alien in. it's that you really want to be back in the play and believing it all but you can't now. I can't now yeah. and so I'm trying to convince before I was but trying to convince other people to come play, out you know they aren't no but they're not they should stay and get happy they should do that they should forget about wanting to be unplugged just be happy in the play and forget so, about this. So side. every uh, <laughs> every day, the Dalai Lama set as part of his routine, like ritual, <clears throat> says, you know, I, I I won't be able to say this exactly right, but it's the Bodhisattva vow, which is until all beings are free, may I work tirelessly, you know, for their mm. freedom. And for for their freedom from illusion. Sorry, man. No. <laughs> you maybe said that's, it now. Maybe that's my resistance to resistance to doing that. And maybe the universe or whatever is saying, "Tough, buddy. <laughs> you need to be there. You need to do it." And maybe I'm I am resisting. I'm like a child. I don't want to do it. Forget it. <laughs> oh no! I don't like you anymore. So, so, folks, this is the last this episode. This is the last episode. <laughs> I quit. I've given you too big a task. You wanted the answer. I did. And I've given you. Now but you yours sound just you like the universe, and I don't want to. No, I'm throwing no, Forget it. I'm taking my, my marbles and going home. It's a big vow. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of lifetimes might have led you to this. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. So, you never know. You never know. You All never right. know. <laughs> Now I'm going to go away and insult people because I don't want to take on this task. <laughs> Except resistant. that you won't, really. <laughs> <I> won't. <laughs> All right. Keep telling yourself that. Yes, exactly. That makes you feel better. It does. <laughs>
So that which you are seeking is causing you to seek. We'd so, like to know what you guys' opinion or thoughts are on on uh, or any the discussion we had today or on that question itself or if you find yourself in that place of seeking and thinking what it is that's causing you to seek. We'd love to hear from you in the comments um, or tweet us however you want to interact with us. Yeah. yeah. I'm at, at Sarah B. Hunt and what are, what's your Twitter handle? At Soul Cruiser. The Soul Cruiser. And yeah, so the Oracle's Tales has some little nuggets of wisdom in there that are not from me, but wisdom tales yeah. from around the world. I like so, it. So uh, yeah, that'll be out. By the time you listen to this podcast, By the time podcast, you listen to this, crossed. exactly. So and as soon as you free. hear these words, go over to sarahbhunt.com and download your copy of The Oracle's Tales. And if it's not there, then I want everybody to just tweet like mad to Sarah and say, Hey, where is it? Where is it? Where, where is, is it? it? Where is it? Get, Get it on. Get on it. Yeah. And for every... It won't be... It won't be delayed. I was going to say for every half an hour that is delayed we can make you do push-ups but it's not going to be <laughs> all right that's it folks now, thanks for listening everybody See i've got i'm gonna go soap now <laughs>